Hi and welcome along to another episode of the Halftime Team Talk Podcast. We are home ground where football comes home. I'm Haikal, the Arsenal fan. Joining me as always, Tiru, the United fan. How are you, my friend? Um, quite stumped. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good start to the year, I, I, I suppose. Obviously, obviously. Right, as well as Da, the Liverpool fan. How are you? How are things? Stumped as well. <laughs> not as stumped as uh, not as stumped as Tiru, but uh, you know, still stumped. All right. So it's been a long time since we've done this. Hope you guys are having a brilliant start to the year. Um, as always, we want to start off the episode with a quiz. But before we get to the quiz, which I'll be giving out first, let's make some changes to the quiz. So from now on. If supposedly I give the question and then Tiru comes out with the answer, then after a while, Da says, yeah, yeah, I think I agree with Tiru. It's the same answer. The winner of the of that quiz will be Tiru since he answered first. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah. Nice. And the second change we'll make is that if, for example, two of you, two of you are stumped by the question and um, would want some um, multiple choice quest, uh, answers, uh, maximum three, but both of them have to agree that you guys want multiple choice um answers or multiple choice uh options. Mm-hmm. Because if if for example Tiru you you don't want uh some options, but Da wants means no options at all given. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yep. So let's make this much more um spicy so the very first question the very first quiz of the year of this episode since we are in january and usually there'll be a january transfer window so which player is the most expensive um transfer in january of all time in january yeah only january transfer window hmm are you still there yeah, I'm still here. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. Wait. Is it a Liverpool transfer? I can't say that. I think it's Torres. Okay. Da? Uh, I've got no idea, man. I somehow have a feeling that it's linked to Liverpool. But I just cannot think of anything right now. Oh really? Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna say anything. I really don't know. I just wanna see what's the answer. Okay, so we're gonna go for a break. When we come back, I'm gonna reveal whether Tiru got it right or did Da make the wrong move. So let's see, let's have the first uh goal for the year. Alright, we're back. And the quiz that I asked both Tiru and Da is it's the January transfer window. Which player is the highest uh involved in the highest transfer fee in January? And Tiru, you went for Fernando Torres. Uh can I give an answer? Okay. I don't know, I'm just giving a hunch, lah, but I I hope that I'm not wrong and people don't slay me. You did uh, we... you did Google, right? No, 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 I didn't. It's just that it's, it's, the answer has been at the top of my head from the, 
from from the moment just now. But it's just that I don't want to say it because I'm scared that I'm going to be damn wrong. But, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay, guys, I'll just say Van Dyke, Van Dyke. Okay. So, Tiru went with Torres, Da went with Van Dyke, and Van Dyke is closer than Torres, but the answer is not Van Dyke. So it's not? It's not, and it's actually... You were you were right in saying that he's linked to Liverpool. It was actually Felipe Coutinho to oh, Barcelona. Oh, I kept thinking Premier League. It's all of all time. Yeah, I, I kept thinking that. Premier League. That's why I totally ruled out Coutinho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Coutinho. Yep. Yeah, but he might be... Because Van Dijk was signed in the... Van Dijk was second. Yeah, Van Dijk was signed in the same transfer window, right? Uh, yes. You yeah, sold correct. Coutinho, but you bought Van Dijk. Yeah, 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 correct. correct. I, 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 I kept thinking incoming for Premier League. Then I was like, okay, it should be someone from the Premier League. Much. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking too much. You know, my first, the, the, the moment you asked the question, my first answer was really going to be Van Dyke. But I was just like thinking, okay, if I say this and I get it wrong, I'm going to be like slayed because I'm also a Liverpool fan. So I just kept quiet. But you were, but Van Dyke second. So, so you were close. Close, close. Yeah. Tiru, you were about yeah. to see something just now? No, I think uh, he's still going to make a move to Aston Villa, right? Possibly. Who? Coutinho. Coutinho. Yeah, but that's a loan, I think. Yeah, possibly. Anyways, we might be talking about the January transfer window um, in a future episode. Hopefully, uh, we can get through that. But as of right now, there's not much movement. Uh, also, uh, hopefully, we, ha- we can cover as much topics as we can uh, until the end of the season. But right now, Uh, there's a couple of things that are causing some controversy in the Premier League. First up is the fixture scheduling. Um, I, I don't want to sound off biased, but I do know that Liverpool got away with it. I don't know how. I don't know how much you paid. But the scheduling, actually, if, even if we're not talking about um, this season regarding COVID, in previous seasons, it's always been a joke because... December players playing too much and then when they come to the World Cup year um, in June they can't perform as well as uh, the other counterparts that are not playing the Premier League uh, Tiru what do you think is it a joke do you agree with me is it a joke the scheduling and was it always been like this I think um, it's it's really a dire time to have a fixture list congestion and with the You know, COVID situation with mm-hmm. the new variant, Omicron variant, mm-hmm. that's going through, uh, like, you know, wrecking a havoc in UK. I think mm-hmm. it's really something new. I mean, we, we have always been discussing about congested fixtures, uh, you know, during the December period with the with the uh, Christmas and Boxing Day, mm-hmm. all this thing, right? But, you know, it's the first time it's, it's happening. I don't know whether it happened 100 years ago, but, you know, In this modern era, is really is really um, puzzling. At the same time, um, you know, a couple of years back, you know, uh, they, they shut down the league and then they start restarted the league. Yeah, for COVID, right? Yeah. So, um, in all fairness, I think they should do the same, so that you know, uh, it'll be fair to every team. All right, duh. Um... Then, the money has to be generated, and you know, all the fixtures and etc. And people are taking a Relax, tend to it, or, or people are getting used to it. Mm-hmm. They're used to living with it. Mm-hmm. So I think 
it it ultimately is going to be advantages to some teams and disadvantages to some some teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that is the fact. But then, I think they just want to get on with it. Yep. Hang on to that. You made some interesting um points which I want to discuss a little bit. Uh, but da. Uh, Tiru brought up this fixture congestion, a lot of matches that has been postponed. How do you think this should be um, addressed? Should they be played out or should there be another congestion? Uh, just, you know, Omicron's on the on the rise and, and um, it's not safe 100%, but it's not safe um, anywhere else. So how do you think this should be addressed? Should it be played out in congestion um Uh, once a week or because there's also Champions League and Europa League involved or should there be forfeits? Um, I, I honestly don't like to see forfeits. I would love to see the matches played. That's number one. Uh, secondly, they better sort this out soon because I'm getting pissed off about my FPL. Uh, every, every, <laughs> week I'm making, every week I'm unable to plan my transfers I have to make it at the last moment like really wait for the fixtures to be confirmed to see which are postponed and not and even then after making like a few transfers and you know I'm, I'm taking like a hit of last week I took a hit of like minus 8 points uh, to get in Calvert-Lewin and, and Gray and Bowen and in the end only Bowen performed I should have just gotten uh, Antonio I got in what Kevin Lewin in the hopes that this week there will be another double game week for Everton, but in the end, there isn't. Uh, I mean, as, as you know, double game week has just been confirmed for this week. Some FPL tips while he's yeah, giving... Yeah, yeah. So, so next week, uh, Brentford, Brighton, Burnley, Chelsea, Leicester, United, Spurs and Watford are playing twice. Uh, this is for game week 22. So if these are no the teams... Uh, yeah, if, if there's no outbreak and, and you know uh, none of the games get cancel but the thing about it Brentford is going to play Liverpool so Liverpool just had an outbreak uh, they have got no goalkeepers left they've got no more managers left um, so I, I really don't know uh, back to your point about um, whether they should be played uh, out one week when? once a week or when I, I think as and when possible they should be played out um, I honestly don't understand what is the stance on COVID right now like uh Like they they have forced everyone to get the vaccine, and I know that UK is not so strong on the stance compared to Singapore. Singapore is like nearly everyone is vaccinated, but um in in UK is I think it's much more lax. And I think um our friend Dominic mentioned right like how many players have been um vaccinated and stuff. Let me just get that stats out from him. Mm-hmm. Uh. Um, I'm trying to find it. Okay, yeah. So, so Dominic said that uh, EPL teams have very strict vaccination requirements. Uh, more English teams have more flexibility to vaccination requirements or boosters because they believe in individualism. And 16% of all players in the whole league are still not vaccinated yet. Um, while, you know, when you compare with the ni- uh, Spanish Premier League, it's 90% of the players have been fully vaccinated. So, as you can see, uh, you know, only Liverpool and I think Norwich uh, has has fully declared that they are all, sorry, Liverpool and, yeah, Wolves and Norwich, sorry, have confirmed that all their players are double vaccinated and some also on the booster shots. So, at the same time, I don't understand what is the point of the vaccination if you're not going to let them play even if they have COVID. Like, hold that, on, that's hold what on, I, hold on. I don't even understand why they say that it's a requirement for fans, all fans to show your vaccine status 
but players they're not they can they can have practice that individualism no that that's that's the thing i i agree with you but the the difference is that the players who even are vaccinated they are still going to go through a pcr test mm. they are still going to you know uh sit out matches if they are covid positive so i don't understand what's the rationale here like it's either you get them vaccinated i know that i know that you when you get vaccinated you can still contract the disease and you can still pass the disease i know all that uh, and it's not my place to comment on 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 all these things because i'm not a doctor but the thing is that if you have them vaccinated you know just let them play like what's the point what's the point of if you want if you don't want to let them play then just hold off the season and and you know just have a break again why are you like it's it's just having a start stop start stop mentality you know and then you have some games postponed here some games postponed not uh, you know and i think there was one guy from singapore also right he went in he went for the aston villa game really? one teenager uh, he went, yeah he went for aston villa kid sorry yeah one singapore kid right he went yeah. for the aston villa game and then uh, upon arriving the game got called off oh but was it due to covid or Well, I think it was due to COVID. Not, not, not COVID. Yeah, you know, it was either COVID or snow, but I think it was COVID. I think it was only one game that was called to snow. That was the Spurs game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, it's a very grey area. I I feel it's damn stupid to to have a start stop mentality and and you know to just have players not playing and all this. Um. But anyways, uh, okay. I, I agree with you on uh, Liverpool not playing. Uh, they they should play less matches in January. Not because we don't have Salah and Mane. Uh. And then uh, Nabiketa, uh, but it's truth. because crops. Sorry, say the truth. Yeah, the the, the truth <laughs> is the truth is the truth is Klopp's January record has been horrendous. All right, he's he has he has had forty four matches in all competitions in January. Okay, since he arrived in Liverpool, and uh, he has just won nineteen, and they have drawn eleven and lost fourteen. Mm. So mm-hmm. which means that fifty seven percent of the games under Jurgen Klopp in January, Liverpool have. Only one fifty-seven percent. Does that have to do with the winter break that he's not he's so accustomed to in in Bundesliga and not one in England? Uh, to him, I think to him, Oktoberfest starts in December in England. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I I really don't know, man. I think I think it's to be honest. I think it's because of the fact that um, you know. It's a congested fixture in uh, January, and and his squad is the thinnest amongst um, Chelsea, Man City, uh, United, and yeah, I mean these are the top four right now. So Chelsea. yeah, he yeah Chelsea, Man City, and Man United. You know his squad is the thinnest in terms of quality. Um, of course, you can just slot in some young players, then then but. They are not going to perform, and you look at the injuries that they've had this season and the previous seasons as well. Uh, it's not helping them at all. This season, we've had Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, uh, Nabi Keita, Milner's out, Henderson is out. I think the only uh, Thiago Alcantara. Uh, I I can't even remember which midfielder has played like consecutive consecutive of five games. <laughs> I think the only person who has the only two people who have played consecutively for five games are Salah and Mane. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the rest have been like injured and you know in and out. So, yeah, the the fixture congestion is also a big problem for players. You know, you you can't expect them to play in and out if the squad is very thin. If I'm talking about Liverpool like this, then imagine the other teams like uh, Watford or Norwich and all these. You know, you can imagine Ismail Assar has been out for for quite some time. He was the bright spark for uh, Watford, and then he was out all the way, and then now he's gone off to Africa for Afcon. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I and 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 I I actually right now I can't even remember whether he got registered for uh for Senegal or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Tiru. Very interesting yeah. point you brought up earlier uh, regarding uh, schedule. Um, as far as I know, uh, mm-hmm. you're the only one who was uh, who knows what was going on in, uh, when the Premier League started, uh, and we can safely say that right now. I mean, I I'm accusing it that the Premier League is not in control of the schedule. It's Sky Sports. It's the broadcasters that are in control of the schedule. Yep. And, and that's why in December it's always congested because um well it's it's snow everywhere but it's nice to see games back to back. I mean that's their mentality. Do you think it's yep. still the right mentality right now as in like it's tradition to English people but if you look at it if you can change to make players much more fit for the end of the season make it uh much more exciting do you think that it's a right change or keep it as it is? Um Let's let's think of of this uh, from the start, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. What is tradition? It's something that you start and then you do it on a, a recurring basis, all the time, mm-hmm. keeping it and upholding it. Correct. That's what I think Correct. about tradition. Correct. So can it be changed? Can you change the practice? If it goes to a To me, if it goes to a point where it's like it's not worth it anymore, I think you could stop it. You could skip it, maybe mm-hmm. see it one year and see how it goes. But it's if it's something good, obviously it's uh, you keep on doing it. But if it's right. it gets to a point where you kind of no, I don't think so. It works in this era, so you kind of yeah. I, you know, you know, we used to have a fixture list which which is much more uh, streamlined because. Um, There were lesser games played in terms of uh, European games, and lesser games played uh, with some useless cups here and there. Which multiverse is this? I've never <laughs> heard of this. <laughs> Back when the Champions League was a knockout stage. Uh, you mean the whole the whole uh competition? The whole competition, yeah. There was, was only champions were allowed, right? Champ- league champions. Yeah, correct. You know, okay. that, that makes a huge difference to the games, right? Yeah. If you follow if you follow tradition, why is the UEFA Champions League uh, made into so many teams competing in groups, and you know the second can qualify, the third can qualify. You know things are have changed. Mm-hmm. If we stuck tradition, if we stuck to tradition, that should be what should be happening right right now. Mm-hmm. But you know it's the money that controls the fixtures now. Yeah, that's one yeah, thing which I sorry. That's one thing which I don't quite understand. Like Klopp, um, Guardiola, Wenger. You go out and you complain about fixtures, but at mm-hmm. the same time you're getting a lot of money from the broadcasters, and you're not yeah. you're not saying anything about it. Now that's the revenue here. But I think as athletes, they need to be given a break in in mid season, mm-hmm. and it's only right that they should be given it. So that's why you know Wenger has always been advocating for a winter break. Yeah, and and um, that's something I respect, and I think that there should be a winter break, mm-hmm. at least a two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, it really would help help a lot um, to the to the athletes. You know, get a break, refresh, and etc. Mm-hmm. No, you know, uh, players who are injured in, in, during winter, they usually go to Dubai to recuperate yeah. and come back. Isn't that true? Yeah, that's the trend. Training camp. 
uh, training camps in etc you know get uh, try to heal themselves in a in a much better climate and etc mm-hmm. if that's the case why not just have a break yep all right so we're going to move on to the next topic but before that we're going to score a goal but before that we're going to have a quiz tiru it's your turn you're up <laughs> i'm going to ask a champions league question anyway yeah very good segue <laughs> carry on my friend okay um name me the goalkeeper who has the highest number of caps or highest number of appearances in the champions league caps or appearances in champions league appearances goalkeeper yeah champions league only or of all time i mean could oh. the champions cup Champions League of all time. Champions League. Oh. Goalkeeper. Highest amount of caps from a goalkeeper for Champions League. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, appearances. Uh, appearances lah. Casillas. Buffon. Wait, no. Yeah, I was, I was about to say Buffon. <laughs> Wait, make, it, make, uh, make a match. Casillas or Buffon? I'm thinking it's got to be Buffon now because he played longer than Casillas. Uh, but I'm still going to say Casillas. Because okay. Casillas started younger. Alright, let's call a goal when we come back and then Tiru will tell us... What's your right. answer, Haikul? Buffon. Alright. Yeah, when we come back, after we score a goal, Tiru is going to tell us whether we got it right or wrong. Shoot! Goal, 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 All right, so very, very interesting uh, question that Tiru posed for us for the quiz. Who has the highest amount of appearances as a goalkeeper in the Champions League? I went with Buffon, but before that, Da went with Casillas. Tiru, what's the answer? Casillas. Wow. Uh, Tim Aker. 177 uh, appearances. Uh, how, how much for Buffon? Buffon is uh, 124. Because uh, yeah. you know you stuck with the Juventus, the streak where they went Serie B and struggling in the mid tables. Mm. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. when he was at the same at time, Parma, he Parma. 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 Yeah. Okay. So All that's right. why. And Casillas had played for Real Madrid and Porto. I think Casillas yeah. debut debuted for Real Madrid in the Champions League at the age of 20 or 19. Yeah, very 19, yeah. I remember he was very young. Yeah. Yeah, because you know the goalkeeper had an injury and he had to be he had to be flown in for a Champions League game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the goalkeeper then? If you remember, uh, it's it's a famous one, but I can't remember right now. I think it's Igna, if I'm not wrong. Igna. Okay, maybe we'll check up on that. But let's carry on with the podcast, and um, the next one is regarding the referees. Another. <laughs> Uh, center of controversy. I don't know if you guys watched the Arsenal Man City game, but that to I me did, was a robbery. It was a robbery, in my opinion. I don't know about you, especially with VAR. Uh, I don't want. I, I try my best not to bring this up because we want to stick to um the European football. But Singapore, you know how hard it is. The week before on Saturday, I watched Singapore <laughs> versus Indonesia, and we got robbed. Then the following Saturday, I had to watch Arsenal got robbed by the referees two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I, but, but I feel you, man. But regarding the referees in the Premier League, I feel that it's oh my god, I I feel like banging my head against the wall because if I remember when uh during the Euros and um the referees that were not from the Premier League, 
everything was smooth. They didn't rely as much on VAR. But when it comes to the Premier League, like every single decision comes to VAR right now. Um, da, what do you? What's your take on this? Are they? Are they? You know, we need a a change in referees, or they need to be more accountable because they kind of get away with a lot of things. It's all about the money, 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 money. Explain. Yeah, I'm not gonna go further into that because uh, I don't have proof, and then uh, you know, people might come searching after me. But yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, you very well know what I'm talking about, uh, Mister. There's a certain Mister Wilson Rush out there who <laughs> used to be running things. We all know, you know, all these things happen, and uh, I, I just, I just need to say this, all right? That there have been so many instances of match fixing, um. I I do not understand why the authorities are not cracking down on this. The Singapore versus Indonesia game, right? It was, I you will not see a much more clear matchmaking game than that. Like what? What did the? I I don't understand. What was the referee on? Was he smoking drugs or what? Like, I I really don't understand. And and no authorities are looking into it. They are not investigating him. They they are not even doing. They they are doing just doing fuck all like seriously I I I don't know man I I mean I, I can't really say much more uh, because uh, as I said I don't have the proof uh, it's just all conspiracy theories uh, but there have been proof of other instances of match fixing so it makes you think why will not why it is not uh, you know it makes you think why it's still not alive it should still be alive it's definitely not dead it's there it's out there but something is just missing. Like, how are people being paid like one million five hundred thousand per week, but still missing chances like a sitter? Mm. Uh, I I don't get that as well. Okay, but anyways, back to you know referees and VAR and all this. Um, conspiracy theories aside, okay, it has been uh, it, it has been quite horrendous. Um, I honestly don't know what they're doing in the VR. I honestly don't know what they're doing uh, on the field. Uh, it's just getting worse and worse. The the VR side for 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 EPL, I think we've said this over and over again. Um, you know, it, it's been a case where they do not even show, uh, unlike other countries and and I think Champions League as well, right? Uh, how it works is they 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 show it to the referee. They just tell the referee, I think you should have a look at this. Referee goes there, referee sees it, and then you know it it they he has a decision to make. But in the EPL, it's almost certain that if the referee goes to the camera and has a look or goes to the TV and has a look, it's definitely he's going to re- reverse the division, uh, decision. Mm-hmm. So that means that means that the people on the VR side already have uh, more control over the referee playing the game, the referee on the ground. So mm-hmm. that's what I find a little funny because I think the referee should have the final say no matter what. Mm-hmm. Tiru, as far as you remember, I'm sorry, but I keep asking you as far as you remember. But as far as you remember, has the ref standard of referee been always this bad in the Premier League? Uh, I think, I think this batch of referees can go to hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> And even there, they will do a match fixing. Yep. I I think the standard of refereeing has declined. By large, mm-hmm. and I think they, they, you know, just the attitude of some of the younger players is different from 
the ones that we used to watch and grow up. I think they're not stern. They're not making a uh, right calls. They're not as sharp as they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Some of them they, they they give the decisions even after seeing the VAR. Mm-hmm. I think uh, West Ham and Arsenal. I think the penalty that Arsenal got that uh, Lacazette missed, if I'm not wrong. Uh, which one again? Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. West Ham and Arsenal. Uh huh. There's a penalty that Lacazette missed, right? Yeah. That shouldn't have been a penalty if I'm not wrong. I can't remember what the incident is, but I I I probably agree with you. Yeah, why is it I can't remember what the incident was? So I watched the game. <laughs> <laughs> I can only remember what happened during the Man City game right now. <laughs> he has a better yeah, memory than us. I mean, I mean that's 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 what um you say. You know, you you say the support of the VAR and and etc. You can make the right call. You can go have a look and etc. Mm-hmm. But point straight to the spot. And then you're just going to avoid a penalty. And there's no point in having a VAR, right? Yep. And there's some there's some referees who watch the VAR and still stick with the decision. You know, they, they're kind of puzzled. Mm-hmm. What's the I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether they, 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 they fear being being uh, lashed out by the fans, you know, threatened here and there, you know. All these things, I think... I mean, the referees of yesterday's got balls, man. I think the the Arsenal Man City game was refereed by an Australian official, right? A- am I wrong? English, right? Uh, there was an Australian official managing an EPL game the previous yeah, weekend. Yeah, there was there was a game. There was a game. There was. Oh, was it not the Arsenal game? No, no. He's an English. Stuart Edwards is an Englishman. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. It was it was Stuart Edwards. Hmm. Uh, the Australian, uh, Jared Gillett. How do I spell his name? J A R E D. J A R R E D G and Gillett. Oh yeah, he's an Australian referee. Yeah, yeah, Jared, Jared Gillett. Yeah, in the Premier League. How did he get there? I thought only Englishmen. <laughs> no, they, they, you oh, can. He hire was him. managing the Watford versus Newcastle game. Was there a controversy? Um, no, no, no. He became yeah. There, I think there was a bit. Uh, was it? that I was impressed with his ability to manage the game well. I can't exactly remember why I remember him. I think I was I think I was impressed with his ability. Yeah, because to... I think I think they had him on loudspeaker for his last game in the in the Australian League. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they, I remember they recorded, him. They, they recorded the entire full game composition and then they released it on YouTube and etc. Do you think that that should be the norm? In the it, should. it should. It should. It should. It should. I think it should. At least you know what's what they're discussing about and whether they're making, you know, how they're making yeah. decisions. So, you know, even if they make a wrong decision, but you know, it's it's based on the on the input from the linesman mm-hmm. and what they have seen. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, it gives a clear explanation of why they made the decision. I'm sorry, yeah. but th- that's the only way where you can crack down match fixing. Exactly. You know, that is true as well. That's true as well. Yeah. That I mean that's not the only way, but that's one, one of, the, of the major ways where you can crack down match fixing mm-hmm. what is your what is I'm going to ask both of you what is your biggest issue with VAR the way they draw the bloody lines <laughs> <laughs> duh I think I saw this in a tweet uh, talking about the lines I mean I, I saw this on a tweet mm. last week um, how they draw the lines like I know it's confusing for us but 
I think I some, saw something like if it's a blue line drawn after the last defender's red line, then it's an offside. But if it's a green line drawn before the last defender's red line, then it's a it's onside. Uh, something like that. But the, that's the thing. It, it's coming down to being marginal, no? like literally by a hair. Mm-hmm. This did not used to be the case. Like, I honestly think they shouldn't do this. Like, who cares if the hand is offside? You can't score with the hand. Yeah. You should have, yeah. if, if the foot is offside, then yeah, by all means. But you can't tell me the toe is offside and you know, uh, you, you, you call it offside. Come on, I, it's a toe, for God's sake. Like, forwards and, and, you know, strikers do their very best to keep themselves onside. And it's a very difficult thing to do. So you should give them that at least. I, th- I think it was the Liverpool game. I think it was Mane when um he was he was uh on his way to goal. Like it was gonna be between him and the keeper. And what he did was he raised his hand to show where he wants the ball to be placed. But because he raised his hand, it's offside. Oh the hand the the finger, the hand was offside. Like it's ridiculous. Like how how yeah, the hell ridiculous, it's ridiculous. <laughs> how the it's hell is he supposed to to piss the ball? If the player's, you know, player's body, one third of the body is offside, then maybe that's how you make a call. Mm-hmm. But if it's a finger, a toe, half a foot, I think it's, it's very ridiculous. Harry Kane's nose. <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to Jared Gillard a bit. Uh, he, so, actually, he received a lot of abuse uh, on Twitter because of the game. I mean, there were some people, uh, one of the tweet was, pressure was on Jared Gillard uh, being first overseas ref. What a complete letdown. Easily the worst performance, a uh, referee performance uh, I've ever seen. And then another tweet was, dear FA, Jared, Jared Gillard made his Premier League debut as a referee today. Please let that be his last. Fucking woeful. As an Aussie, you should stick to cricket or rugby. Another comment is uh, Chuck Jared Gillard back into the A-League. Stupid ref, can't grow some balls and book players for time-wasting. Don't get me started on his decision-making. But are there any <laughs> praises for him? Yeah, Steve Bruce. Uh, Steve Bruce praised him. I'm, I can't really get what... I can't really find what because he said. He but, uh, uh, no, no, no. They, they actually drew 1-1. Okay. Okay. Then uh, but but uh, the, the executive editor of... Uh, yeah, so so there's this executive editor of uh, this new series called Inside the Tour, mm-hmm. um, Jonathan Overend, and uh, Jonathan Overend said, "Sorry, let me just get this up. Uh, a massively chaotic match. Uh, Watford versus Newcastle. Loads of cynical challenges. Some controversial moments. But Steve Bruce finds time to praise ref Jared Gillard on his Premier League debut. Nice touch in current climate of referee abuse. So uh, I, you know, once again, referees are human beings. I'm not blaming." The referees, I'm not blaming the people behind it. I'm just blaming how VR is being used because they are themselves yeah. are following the rules. They themselves are following the guidelines that are given to them. So um, it's not them. It's it, it's the rules that are set which need to be fixed. As usual, I'm blaming the FA. I'm blaming FIFA, um, whoever the authorities out there because they are the ones who always make these uh, useless and stupid decisions, especially FIFA with international fixtures being there all the time. Um, but yeah. <laughs> These are the people who need to change, not 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 the human beings doing their job, you know. All right. So one more controversy to be talking about, but before that, we're gonna score a goal. And again, before that, we are gonna have a quiz. One last one. Da, go ahead with the quiz. Um. Yeah. Okay. So when we think about referees, 
the best referee comes to mind is uh, you know, my favorite of course, Pierluigi Colina. I think it's a lot of people's favorite as well. Um, his last game was in 2004 against, uh, sorry, in the semi-final of the Euros, Czech Republic versus Greece. But I want to ask a quiz. Uh, my quiz is about his last club game. All right, in his last club game, he refereed the UEFA Cup final in 2004 between Valencia and Marseille. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sent off someone. Can you guess who that player was? How the hell are we supposed to know something that happened in 2004? 2004. I, I request a multiple choice. Tiro? <laughs> Up to Tiro. Is Tiro going to request yeah, a multiple Tiro, choice? If Tiro doesn't want multiple choice, then I'm, I'm stuck with guessing whoever <laughs> he is back in 2004. Marseille. Valencia. Wow. It might be David Silva. Uh, what? Baraya. Ruben Baraya. Uh, Canizares. Is this that period? Maybe even not Silva was there. Okay, about... I think there's a period that Joaquin okay. was still in Valencia. Yeah, Joaquin. Wait, wait no, he was still wait, at Valencia. Why, why are you thinking he's a Valencia player? It's a Marseille player that got sent off. <laughs> Who the hell played for Marseille back then? Okay. Um, wait, wait, I, request, I request for multiple options, Tiro. No, instead of giving you a multiple option, I'll give you another clue. All right, one last clue. Okay. This player then moved on from Marseille to the Premier League to Manchester United to be perfect uh, to, to be to be exact I almost said CC Manchester uh, United Manchester United sorry 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 sorry, sorry. he was from Manchester United uh, he moved to Marseille prior to playing playing in the in the final so that season he played for Marseille Yes, the he was from Manchester United, United, and then he transferred from Manchester United to Marseille. Oh. If you guys are still confused, I can give you a multiple choice if you want. Wait, wait, wait. Just, just to be clear, Man United to Marseille. That's it. It's not Man United Marseille then Man United. No, no, no. It's Man United to Marseille. That's it. I think I'm gonna. Go. Tiro definitely knows. Yeah, that's why. Was it Bates? 2004. I highly think it's Bates. I'm going to go with Bates. I already given my answer. <laughs> Heikel said it first. Yeah, yeah. So if it's correct, yes. then Heikel will get it right. Yeah. Uh, do yeah, you want yeah. to give a different answer? No, bro. I'm going to stick with uh, Bates. Okay. Are you going okay. for a break or should I give yeah, the answer yeah, now? Yeah. No, no. We're, we're going to score a goal. One last okay. goal. Okay. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Bates. Okay. <laughs> Did you Google it? No. Okay. We're going to score a goal and when we come back, let's see whether it was Bates that uh, they got the red card. Alright, so another interesting quiz uh, way back when. I don't know why Da goes all the way back for all these quizzes. No, because it was it was Colina. Okay. Yeah. And his last game was in 2004, so I can't really say anything else, right? Yeah, okay. correct. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm not criticizing. <laughs> anyway, it's a good exercise of the brain. And uh, the question was, uh, in Colina's last club game that he refereed, which was the UEFA Cup 2004 final. Final, right? Yeah, final. Final. Yeah. Uh, who got red carded in the game between Valencia and Marseille? We, we, um, I got angry. And started saying Valencia names. And then Da said, it's not any Valencia player, I think. 
and then he and then we went for Marseille players but he gave us a clue which was prior to playing for Marseille he played for Manchester United so the only player I could think of was Bates I thought of Lauren Blanc but I think I, I could be wrong so I just went with Bates first and then Tiru went with Bates tell us is it correct or wrong da absolutely right it is Bates okay but how many minutes was that in the game 45th you know? minute 40? 45th minute. So, But they played... They had a new keeper in the second half. Yeah, yeah. They had a new keeper, uh, Jeremy Gavanon, who I've never heard before in my life. Okay. First time. First time I'm hearing the name. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> And uh, so, as you can guess, the uh, Fabian Bates got sent off in the 45th minute. Valencia got a penalty... Uh, They got a penalty for that. And then uh, Vincente converted a penalty. And then in uh, the 58th minute, Mista made it 2-0. And it finished 2-0. All right. And I think the manager of Valencia back then was Benitez. Yep. Yep. Benitez. Right. So right I'm before not... he went to Liverpool. Yes. And then uh, he met Mourinho, who won the Champions League that same year that he won the UEFA Cup. Good, good memories. All right. So one last topic before we call it ends for this uh, episode. I got a bone. I got a bone to pick with Da because he wasted my time uh, a couple of episodes ago talking about Lukaku and how much of an impact he'll make in the Premier League. Moving <laughs> from Inter, gave me a 30 minute lecture on his stats. What went wrong, Da? Um, I guess it's the playing style from Tuchel. Okay. I mean, f- first of all, first of all, I think. Um, it's his heart, like 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 what has been said in the news and everything. I think he's not, uh, he's still not, he has still he still hasn't forgotten, um, his success at Inter. Because I think Inter winning the Serie A was his first ever title, right? I don't think he's won anything else. Did he win one at Chelsea? Did Chelsea win the league when he was there? Mm. I think he was on loan, uh, possibly. Let me check. I go on. Are you checking? Uh, yeah, I I I can check as well. But, um, yeah, I I think I think at Inter he really enjoyed. Uh, you know where he said that Lautaro Martinez is also the person where he can give his life for on the pitch and all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, sorry, you got it wrong. He actually won a league before, which was with Anderlecht. Yep, the Belgian uh-huh. Pro League. I'm also checking it right now. But I mean, it's his first major league, you know. He didn't win anything else after that Belgian Pro League. So, I think that's why he kind of treasures it. And I mean, if if he loved Inter so much, then he shouldn't have left. I know that they they were going to go bankrupt and stuff. Then, you know, why leave? Yeah, like you, you could have taken a pay cut like what Messi wanted to do or like what other players did like PK, I think. I'm not sure. But yeah, um, That's just one of the things. I I, I honestly think that uh, actually he did he did score on his Chelsea debut against Arsenal, right? Mm, don't have to remind me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm just stating the facts. But yeah, uh, from then on he got an injury, and then it's just been downhill from him. Honestly, I think apart from his injury, whenever he has played uh, before the injury, I mean, whenever he played, um, he did well. I, I think he did well and Tuchel also praised him because of his hard work. But 
but there's just this problem with uh, Chelsea and their big money strikers. Um, mm-hmm. They have never ever performed. You, you think about it, back from when Andrei Shevchenko, Fernando Torres. Um, I, think, I think you have to go beyond that before that also. From Matea Kessman. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. True, true. Very true. Uh, from Matea Kessman, Hernan Crespo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the big money signings. Yeah, Higuain. Higuain. Yeah, mm-hmm. Morata. Morata. Um, what's, what's the other guy's name? The case of the number nine. Werner. Yeah, even, even Diego Costa. Diego Costa wasn't really like... He was there and thereabouts, but... Only he a was season. More, yeah, only a season and then, you know, he, was, he vanished and then he was just picking a fight with everyone. He saw... I'm surprised that, uh, you know, he didn't bite anyone like Suarez. But yeah. Um, Tiru, what do you think is the cause of this curse of the big money striker for Chelsea? I, I don't think it's the curse of a big money striker, to be honest. I think um, they probably have uh, have a system which depends a lot on their midfield rather than depending on the strikers. So it's going to be very frustrating for strikers to be yeah. a, for centre-forwards. For traditional centre-forwards, it's going to be really hard. Even Drogba, he was struggling initially and then he got on very, very yeah. well. Because it's I think he understood the, the system. It's about the system totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, we are living in an era where where a lot of teams are, are practicing a false nine theory mm-hmm. where, the nine, where the number nine is, 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 is there to distract and the midfielders come in to score the goals. And that's what's happening at Chelsea at this moment under the, the new tactics because I think that um, as much as they want the strikers to score, I think they are using them as a decoy. I, I think I somewhat agree with you. I mean, the way Werner has played and the way Kyle Havertz has slotted in when uh, both Werner and uh, Lukaku were unavailable, I think you're right. They, 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 they do employ a false nine tactic. But yeah. do you think that it, it should have worked with Lukaku playing as the main focal point striker rather than having a false nine? Well, that's, that's the problem with the, with the tactic line because if you're going to have um, five awesome midfielders, for example, and you, you know that they're going to uh, somehow give you a goal or a couple of goals per game, definitely, then you've got to do something about that. So, you know, you're going to make the team win. So, if you're thinking about the team, I want to have that five midfielders to ensure that I have like two goals or three goals in, to win the game in order to win the game compared to having one striker who's going to promise probably a goal per game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we, we have already moved on from the era of um, having out-and-out strikers up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to depend a lot on midfield. So, because the back four or back three or, you know, with wing-backs, uh, it's, it's really tight nowadays. The, the number of, the amount of focus that they're putting into the defensive work is, is large by large I think the best or the most that we have seen da, um, do you think that okay where do you think this is going to go because he's already apologized Lukaku and he's already scored a goal against Tottenham thank God where do you think this goes to the end of the season does Lukaku still plays or he's gonna leave and if he leaves, which club? Um, I really don't know because I think Tuchel spoke about this also saying that he will work on 
actually, honestly, Tuchel was quite pissed off with the reporters when they asked about the question because uh, although he did mention that they will work with Lukaku and talk to Lukaku uh, to confirm if he really said it, but I think Tuchel also mentioned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he mentioned this as well. Um, it's, you know, you can twist and turn and uh, you can take the context out of what Lukaku has said. So I think by him saying that, it shows that he kind of knows what Lukaku was trying to say, um, and not and, and he knew that he knows that you know the reporters actually kind of um, took the context out of it, and, and so he might still be willing to work with Lukaku. Um, I think Antonio Conte also said that Lukaku's work rate is amazing. So. Tuchel had no problem with his work rate. Tuchel had no problem with him in training because Tuchel also mentioned that um, he didn't show any signs of unhappiness in training. Mm-hmm. So, I think he will stay. Um, I think he will continue to prove himself. But whether or not the big money uh, forward curse continues for Chelsea, we will have to see. Uh mm-hmm. You know what's the funniest part? That he actually mm-hmm. said he wanted to go back to Inter, but then Inter fans say that they don't want him. Yeah, yeah, they, they revealed <laughs> the banner, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best part. That was the best part. Um, uh, it's, it's something like you know, it doesn't matter who stays uh, yeah. in the rain or what, it just uh, matters who stays in the storm, etc. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Tiro, do you think that um, the the Italian league suits Lukaku more or? He just can't play in the Premier League. Um, to be honest, I think the Italian league suits him more. Mm-hmm. After I see the performance that he has put in for Inter, mm-hmm. I think it suits him more compared not, to the league, compared to the Premier League of today. Not because of the manager, because it could be a factor that he could be playing well under Conte, which is why they won the league uh, at Inter rather than with Tucho. Uh, no, I, I think I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to say that the the, the Italian league suits him better. Okay. Who knows? Maybe, you know, Tottenham might sign Lautaro Martinez and then uh, have a swap with Chelsea, uh, you know, with Lukaku and Harry Kane. Yeah. Then but, we might see Martinez and uh, Lukaku under Conte again. Yeah, but that will be like Son and Kane right now where they depend on the two uh, forwards. And the rest of the team are just uh, crap players. No, honestly, right now, I think Tottenham's best player is Lucas Maura. I mean, he's in form. But yeah, uh, as far as I know, he's going to go off form pretty soon. You know, <laughs> he, he, might, he might just keep up to his form, you know. He, no, but, he, he has but, always been there when, when Tottenham needed him. I mean, Conte has the best start of any Spurs manager, right? At mm-hmm. this moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know he's he's working his magic, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, if you remember Lucas Moura in the uh, season where Tottenham made it to the Champions League final, mm-hmm. Pochettino played him during the quarterfinal against Man City mm-hmm. uh, in that VR drama, and I think he scored the winning goal, right, or the last goal, or I think he was the standout performance. And then against Ajax, he scored that those two goals, or was it the hat trick in the last few minutes? He was integral in that game. Yeah, he was integral in both games and then Pochettino snapped him for the final in mm-hmm. place of Harry Kane. So I yeah. think that just did it for him. 
uh, and then he vanished and, and now he's back under Conte. So I still believe that Lucas Moura is uh, Tottenham's best player right now. Okay. Going back to Chelsea, one last question. Um, Tiru, you, I had the question I asked earlier um, about the curse and everything. But right now, if you were Tuchel, what would you do? Would you get um, continue with the false nine or you get in a striker? I know it sounds crazy, but get in a striker that can actually perform. Um, I'm, I'm really going to say that, you know, obviously Lukaku is a, is a striker, top striker. Uh-huh. Definitely. But I think that Tuchel will still stick to his system. Okay. And um, I think the best way forward is for Lukaku to accept on how this system is going to work uh-huh. or just to find another team. Obviously not Inter because <laughs> you know, the fans don't want him. Maybe Inter-Miami. <laughs> I think he's too young to go to the MLS. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think um, um, probably some Italian team might be willing to take him in. That's what I thought. But which the only one that makes sense to me right now is AC Milan. I mean, Inter fans um, not happy with him, and he knows the the city. And no, but but surprisingly, the the AC Milan camp and the Inter Milan camp has players and managers and etc. They actually happen to happen to be quite friendly with 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 uh, each other. It's oh. just that the fans are at loggerheads and such. Oh, so you know okay. when they when they make the moves between Inter and AC, it's like it's very, uh, very smooth. Yeah, honestly, because you know Seedorf has done it, uh, Leonardo has done it as a manager for both teams. You know, mm-hmm. so I think I think it's just a, it's a, it's just the fans are hyping it up. But I think as as players, they are kind of uh, quite cordial about it. So you know, Zlatan has played for both teams. Yep, there's so many actually. So many actually, you know, Bruno has played for both teams. Casano has played for both teams. Ronaldo, Ronaldo has played for both teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, the real Ronaldo. Yes, yes, of course. So you know, it, it's it's they are quite cordial about it, to be honest. So I think uh, maybe AC Milan would uh, would be good because you know. Giroud is uh is uh, is is old, getting old as always. Uh, Zlatan, you know, I don't know, he's going to play until sixty, perhaps. <laughs> they need a they need a uh, out and out striker, top striker, maybe. It'd be a good fit. All right, so that's the end. We're coming to the end of the episode, but before that, one last thing regarding uh FPL. Da, any tips? If you're still with us, I'm still here. But yeah. uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask I'm me, I'm gonna no tips because I don't know who the hell is gonna play on the weekend. <laughs> I'm clueless, man. I, I I really don't know what what tips to give anymore. Like because of COVID, you know everything. My plan has all been wrecked. Um, okay, I, I was Just planning. That- I was planning for a double game week this week, and uh, I was I expected certain teams. I expected a lot of teams to play. Um, double game weeks but looking at it right now the double game week fixtures itself are pretty horrendous um, because let, let me just let me just give you a handful of the fixtures alright um, you see um, okay let's just speak about the big teams Chelsea Chelsea are playing Man City and Brighton alright both games away I, I don't expect Chelsea to take uh, any points of Man City away? I expect that. I don't even expect them to win against Brighton. Looking at the form they are in, uh-huh. uh, Leicester is playing against Burnley and Tottenham. Maybe I could bank in on Leicester because uh, they are playing at, uh, against Tottenham at home. 
Um, Burnley, I'm not even going to pick any players. Brighton, I'm not even going to pick any players. Brentford, definitely not going to pick any players because they are playing Liverpool and Manchester United. Um, United are playing Aston Villa and, Brent, and Brentford. So, you could go United by looking at their horrendous form also, you know. I really don't know how it's going to go. Spurs, they are playing Arsenal at home and then they are playing Leicester away. How? How do you expect me to choose a Spurs player from this? Watford, Watford without um, Ismail Asa and possibly without Dennis because we don't know if Nigeria has confirmed the ban uh, from FIFA because as you know uh, Watford did not so-called Nigeria was saying that Watford did not allow uh, Dennis to go to the FCON so oh. Nigeria has asked FIFA for a ban for the whole of FCON which is the whole of January um, so we don't know if Dennis is going to play who is arguably Watford's best FPL asset uh, Watford is against Newcastle and Burnley which looks like the best fixtures for the whole of uh, the double game week. So, honestly, besides picking Watford's king, I don't know who else to pick. All right. The question, actually, I wanted to ask before you went on, which is okay, which is great, uh, is supposedly I want to make transfers. How many? How much of a hit should I be taking? 16, 20, 100? Oh, um, okay. If... Okay, since uh, because it's COVID, because it's COVID, I know that a lot of people are taking hits and stuff. If you are looking to take a hit during a double game week and you are banking in on double game week players, then just think about it. If you make a minus eight, it's officially a minus four because you will definitely, they will, uh, the players, for example, if you take a minus eight, you're buying three players minimum, you're buying four players at max. Correct? Two free transfers mm-hmm. and two hits. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're buying four players, then each player is going to play twice. Each player is going to play... Uh, um, each player is going to play the full game, so-called. And you're going to get two points per player. So two times four is eight points for one given week. And then the double game week adds in another one, so it's 16 points minimum. So mm-hmm. so the minus eight becomes a plus eight in the end. Mm. But if it's you're making three transfers... And then you got three times two, six. Six times another two is 12. So 12 minus eight, the hit, the 12 points minus the eight you took for a hit is officially four points. So you, you, it, it will still be a minus four or a minus or, or plus four kind of thing. It will not be um, the, the whole minus eight. I, I hope you understand where I'm coming from because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're playing the double game week and you get the points for playing, right? Yeah. You don't, yeah. So that that's the minimum thing. Uh, but I think as much as you can try not to take a hit. Um, there's no point because right now when you take a hit, you will already go down the uh, pecking order in the in the world ranking. Like for example, right now if your rank is hundred k, if you take a minus eight and then the whole of FPL doesn't take a minus eight, you're gonna go down way down before the week even starts. And then depending on how your points are. Um, from the minus eight, then you will know uh, where you are going to go up and go up, go down again. So, um, yeah, if it's a double game week, you might want to take a hit. I mean, for this game week, like myself, I only got two or three players playing twice because uh, I anticipated Everton to play twice and they are not. So, it's going to be tough for me. I don't know. I, I think I'm most probably going to take a free hit. So, a lot of people will be considering a free hit in the FPL. I initially wanted to take a bench boost with uh, taking a few hits, but it looks highly unlikely right now. Okay. So there you have it from our FPL expert. And I, I've taken a hit. You've taken a hit? Oh, yeah. Tiru. You shouldn't have done your transfer so fast, man. Who the hell knew there was going to be a postponement? 
No, no, no. I mean, not not about the postponement because ever since the first postponement from COVID, right? Um, I think back last month or last yeah. last month, right? Uh, so the rule right now is do not make any transfers until the last half an hour at least. But just remember that the FPL website tends to crash in the last five minutes. So make your transfers before then. So you mean within the deadline. Last sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. The last half an hour, hour of the deadline. Okay. So if the deadline is at like 12 p.m., then you should make it at 11:30 p.m. Those kind of things. Okay. Sorry, 11:30 a.m. Yeah. Oh, crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I try my best. I, uh, I. There's so many. There, there's two clear things that I regret right now. Um, I took a hit. I, there was one game week where the Aston Villa game was postponed at the very last minute. Deadline was at nine. I remember Aston Villa game was at ten or something. And then uh, I made my transfer early on, earlier on in the day during the afternoon because I had to go out and get shop for Christmas presents in the night. So I knew I wasn't, I, w- I won't be able to touch my phone. But uh, like one and a half hours or two hours before the deadline, Aston Villa game was cancelled, and I took a hit to bring in Konsa. Oh my god! And I was so pissed off because I brought in Konsa, and I think I brought in Emil Smith Rowe. Um, however, I, so I was so pissed off that. I actually took out my captain from Salah and I captain Cancelo, and that was the week that Cancelo scored, and Cancelo earned a massive 15 points. So times two, that's 30. So he was the only person who earned 30 points. The rest of my players, I think, I only had like two or three players playing, and everyone earned like two or three points. And I think it came up to 40 points, and I took a hit of minus four, so it became 36. My cup opponent did not take any hits. He got 36 points. And guess what? We tied, so it went down to goal. Uh, it went down to goal scored. Every a uh, goal scored, we both had the same players. Goes down to goals considered. And guess who I had? Alan Saint Maximin, who played for Newcastle and Man City won three zero, and I lost. I lost the cup because of Saint Maximin. <laughs> It's all right, my friend. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Welcome to the the era where. United and uh, Arsenal are in the dark side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so right now I'm just concentrating on my uh, overall ranking. It's quite bad. It's like 300k right now, so I need to get it up there soon. All right. So that's all we have for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of the year. We hope to have more episodes uh, coming up. Um, do like, share, subscribe. Do everything you can on our. Uh, social media pages of course don't report us or, or complain and uh yeah we hope to hear from you soon we're gonna we hope to record one for you soon uh, i've enjoyed this hope you guys do take care bye